Hi, I'm Miriam Burke. And I'm Eving McBride. And welcome to A Little Birdie Told Me, a podcast brought to you by rollercoaster.ie. Every week, we'll be bringing you insights, advice, and our own personal experiences, along with some great guests to help you, our listeners, navigate the ups and downs of pregnancy and parenting. In this episode, we're joined by dietitian and mum of two, Orla Walsh, to talk about the best way to approach weaning, practical advice for getting our kids to eat more fruit and veg, the holy grail. And Orla also shares her own first-hand experience of dealing with a fussy eater. Well, obviously, I'm, I'm a dietitian, so there's the qualifications there. And, um, you know, I'll, I have spent time in, a pedi- time in a pediatric hospital at one point, um, just learning bits. Um, but that's kind of more medical nutrition. Um, so <laughs> it was a big wake up when I did have my own kids because I took all the textbook stuff and then applied it to life, which mm-hmm. is always very different. Um, so I had my son a few years ago, um, <laughs> hyperemesis throughout my pregnancy. Oh, God. Um, not as bad as my girl. Oh, like, so she's going to be one uh, ne- in two weeks. Um, so she, I was sick as a dog having oh, her. I actually thought because I was <laughs> a dietitian and <laughs> healthy and whatever and young-ish, you know, 34, 35 having my son that I was like, oh, you know, it's, I'm going to swim through it, you know, and mm. I'm going to be one of those people <laughs> like at Pilates and swimming and yeah. just sailing. Through. And I just puked my way or wanted to puke for oh, the entire God. thing. But yeah, my daughter was far worse, but apparently... Yeah, anyway. But um yeah, so it was it was very different than like I didn't I knew textbook how to do everything, but reality was so much different. Like I remember even my son latching for the first time and I was so I was so lucky in that he was really good at breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to be. Um and but I remember going to breastfeeding.ie and just there was and, and following links and seeing videos and just how to do the latch because again, you know, textbook is so different to reality mm. and it's all very scary and you just you I suppose in the first baby you want to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um the second baby you're you're accepting that you will never be <laughs> and that <laughs> it doesn't exist. Um, so, yeah, I was lucky then that the breastfeeding journey was easy enough in many regards. My, my son was huge and he gained weight much faster than any other child <laughs> I ever met except for my sister's child. <laughs> and he, he was like 10 kilos by five months, Whoa. to put it in perspective. Like my daughter's not even 10 kilos now. And he was huge and breastfeeding him was very hard. Um, like I had to eat twice during the night. Wow. Oh yeah, God. like bowls of muesli and cheese and crackers <gasps> and everything, and like all the feeds. And so I fed him until six months. I'm, I'm really proud of that because it wasn't easy because I was so exhausted no. because he was such a monster. And uh, then feeding him was an absolute pleasure. He ate everything, absolutely everything. And I remember the day before that changed because... I was giving him pasta and I was like, oh, what will I give him? And I remember just opening up a tin of mackerel and tomato sauce and chucking it on top and stirring it together and giving it to him. And he ate it with gusto. Was this his first food? No, this was the day before he stopped eating. Okay. <laughs> so he was 20 months He was twenty months old and he had been an absolute delight from the weaning process onwards, ate everything, loved all food. And then I was seven months pregnant with a big belly with my daughter. And it's like he... Anyway, he just, that was his last meal, his oh. last supper. And then a day after he stopped eating and he, and since then he went from eating nearly nothing and I've had to 
it was obviously behavioural, um, mm-hmm. but it's also the time in which they can do it and start for no reason. And from then he became a really fussy eater. So I he put he puts me through my paces and really again makes me apply all that textbook stuff to reality and to real life. Um, and I've learned so much from that process. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's made me better at my job for sure. Well, let's just talk about that for a minute, because I think there's probably a lot of parents out there who will have experienced that. You know, their their kids, maybe they never like food or else they've gone off it. What do you do? Yeah. You know, like what you can you can put something in, uh, in front of them and hope they'll eat it. But if they don't, what do you do? Or you can read up as on as and this is me. I read so many articles, books, tips and everything. And yeah. it just at some point I was like, when is it going to work? You know, like yeah. when is it actually going to is, is the child going to respond to all the expert advice that you're getting? Yeah, so I guess for me at that time, I just assumed he was medically unwell because it went from eating the mackerel and tomatoes. Maybe that just put him off because it sounds <laughs> gross to me. But um, he, you know, I just assumed he was unwell. And then it dawned on me that actually it was him kind of seeking attention, mm-hmm. although he was still getting all of it because mm. he was the only child at that point. And... But he was also learning independence and realizing I, c- I can say no. Yeah. And so we had to go back to basics and we had to do what I do with lots of parents. And you go, OK, well, first, let's look at the really obvious things. And you hope that you're going to hit the nail on the head in the first go with one of the easiest things. And I do that even when people are trying to lose weight or any achieve anything with nutrition. I'm always like, let's do tiny things at the beginning and see if it's enough. Because if doing tiny things is enough, then that's sustainable. Um, so we started with uh, just looking at when he was having fluids because he loved drinking water, passionately drinking it. I, was, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, and he makes this huge sound effect and, ah, you know, real... Um, And again, I think it was the independence. Look at me, mommy, I can drink, you know. So I stopped all water 30 minutes before meals. I had to pretend like the taps were broken or something. (laughs) Um, And just to make sure he wasn't filling up on fluids because their bellies are really, really tiny. Um, And then I had to go, Okay, well, it wasn't that and that didn't make a difference. So then I go, Okay, well, step two, how much milk is he having? So, you know, at that age, they need maybe... In including, you know, yogurt and cheese, they need three servings a day. So if they were just getting milk in terms of calcium requirements and meeting them, they need around 550 mils of milk. But usually with kids of that age, they're getting maybe two beakers that are 150, 200 mils size, you know, the little beakers, and then a bit of cheese or a bit of yogurt in the day. So I looked at that and I said, is he having too much milk? And he was because mm-hmm. like he was breastfed and he was a monster and <laughs> that con- continued with formula. So I adjusted that and I reduced that and I was like, OK, less fluids, more food. Um, and especially that 30 minutes before meals. Absolutely not. So we, I put the milk at the start of the day and the end of the day. And that was it. And then it was just water with meal after after meals, always after meals with him um, after the fussy eating stage. And that didn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and sometimes that is enough for parents. And they will do these two things. The, mm. the 30 minutes before meals, they won't have fluids. And then they'll address the milk and that will be enough. So this is him. actually ringing a few bells for me because I'm still breastfeeding him. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's another conversation. But um, he still, like, he loves, loves, loves breast milk. 
and if he's at home with me he's just like ask for it and I just give it to him because I'm still doing it that way so I'm he goes to crash so I'm only like that available to him like that at the weekends and in crash they say he eats so maybe it's um maybe a replacement I'm, yeah, yeah maybe that's he, a big part of it and I think people who aren't breastfeeding use soothers will actually go actually so he's using it as like breast milk it's it's more than milk breast milk yeah. it's like closeness to mummy smell the skin it's a soother it's yeah. all these things it's a cuddle it's all these wonderful things so he yeah he's coming to you for much more than milk but at the same time he is getting milk he's also got a soother in so he that will impact how much he's eating it'll, as well he, yeah so it'll impact his appetite yeah because yeah. I often have to say then to parents you know is there a soother is it coming in and daytimes like outside because if a child's walking around with a soother all day it's like you know it's it's something in their it's distracting them from hunger and it's distracting their body cues from hunger and okay. confusing okay. them oh my god that's so interesting yeah and with your son so you you mentioned that you were trying these kind of techniques to kind of readjust maybe his hunger levels his natural hunger levels was he eating anything because for me my experience with my daughter who's I would say a fussy eater even though maybe I don't know do you not like that phrase but she only liked certain things so we just resorted to those certain things because it was kind of do we either send her not even send her to bed hungry do, do we let her go hungry or do we just give her the yogurts and the cheese and the toast yeah. and the pasta with pesto which was basically her diet for about yeah. seven months well I'm sure everyone listening goes and there's something wrong with that yeah because no, <laughs> that is all kids this actually like, sounds good to me <laughs> he, once he got over the situation where he wasn't he was nearly eating nothing he then became very much similar to that diet mm. especially yogurts my oh my god yeah. yogurts like he's I was like he's turning into yogurt um so then it was a case of okay well you know why why for us why was that happening and it was I had a big old bump and change was coming he could sense it and people were talking about it and rubbing my belly and asking about the baby and he was getting old enough to go there's a baby in there eek so he was it was a tension right Mm -hmm. so then then I was like okay we've done the fluids before water we've done we assess the milk now we're going to give him the attention he wants right before meals so then he won't use the meals for attention yeah so like 10 minutes 15 20 depending on how much time we had sometimes it was five minutes before each meal we gave him one-on-one attention I did because that's mm-hmm. what he wanted. He was missing mommy already. So I know. So I would read him a book or I'd play with him or do something. So it was one-on-one attention. And that helped, okay? Because he, all of this began because of behavior. Mm-hmm. So it was attention seeking. He got my attention. So then I came to his meals. He wasn't no longer getting attention, trying to get attention from his meals. However, he had then developed now I'm a fussy eater. Now I don't like these foods. Okay. And he had kind of gone into that thing that they most of them go into, where it's like neophobia, where they all of a sudden new foods scare them. So they were new to him because he hadn't eaten them in so long, mm-hmm. you know, because it had gone on that long. Mm-hmm. So I suppose then I had to reassess myself and then my husband's reaction. OK, so, um, you know, it is a stepwise and you're always hoping that, oh, the fluids will be enough. You're always hoping that one of the easy things will be enough or reading them a book before meals. Mm. But now we had come into a situation where it's like, no, now it's a bit more complicated. So I had to 
really work on my poker face. I had to let him know that he wouldn't get any attention from not eating his dinner from me. That I would be like, fine, eat it or don't, you know? Mm-hmm. And so my job was to provide the food and decide what he was eating. And it was his job to eat it or not or how much, you know, and that was it. And I just I was like, this this has to we have to start moving forward and this has to be our foundation. I provide the food. He decides what he eats or how much he eats. So I had to do that. And then I had to work on my husband, who is a natural born feeder, who the idea of him going to bed hungry like my husband couldn't sleep thinking about mm. my son being hungry. My husband fears of hunger more than anyone I've ever known. So I had to explain to him and then that partnership had to get stronger, you know. So that's what we had to do. And then we had to have that blanket. And then again, things started improving that little bit more. And each of these steps, looking back, you're like, actually it proved a tiny bit each one. It's mm. just I wanted magic, you know, yeah. from each one of them. So then we had to reassess again and go okay and I'm you know I suppose as a dietitian I probably should have been doing this the full time but me and my husband loved putting him to bed and then loved cooking a gorgeous meal and eating it together mm-hmm. and that changed me you know from that moment on because we had to go no it's time we start eating as a family so we started eating as a family and that's really hard especially when both of you are working and the dinner has to be on the table at half five or six and that includes collecting them from crash and it's just all you know and I miss my gorgeous meals new recipes and oh do you like that is there too much paprika you know I love I miss that so much so we had to sit down and start eating as a family so that was another next step and then when it comes to them eating and not eating like you don't want them to go to bed hungry. You don't want them to eat nothing. So I guess what you have to do is you have to look realistically at the plate and you you don't want them to upset them and you want them to enjoy food mm-hmm. and you want it to nourish them. So you don't have to be the badass and go, listen, you're eating this spicy chicken curry or nothing. You know, so you kind of have to start adapting a little bit and meeting them, you know, part of the way. So for example, like with your daughter, if you were to just say have the pasta pesto mm. and then you introduce a little bit of something else. She doesn't actually eat the pesto anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like she's eating pesto no, for no, no. play. But, but this is the weird thing with her. She even like, she loves broccoli. Like if I give her a plate of pasta with butter and cheese and broccoli, she eats the broccoli and will leave the pasta. Like it's bizarre. And she yeah. likes really strong taste. Like she loves the taste of salmon. So yeah. she'll eat a full fillet of salmon but nothing else. So it's very singular nearly. She just will eat one thing at a time. Yeah, um, my my son's doing that at the moment. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm like, you ate that yesterday and you loved it. And you were like, mom, this is tasty. <laughs> now today you're like, yuck. <laughs> yeah. it, it is hard. I guess when you're looking at the plate, you're just kind of going, I don't want them overwhelmed. I want to give them mm. something that I know that they often eat. They, I know that they, in theory, like... And then just a little bit of something else that you're trying to encourage. Mm-hmm. But at this stage, and, and with him as well, he likes his chicken separate to his vegetables, separate to his rice while we have the stir fry. And I don't mind that as well because I don't want him overwhelmed. I don't want the meal time to be a negative experience, but I don't want to cook something separate for him and I yeah. will never start doing that. Yeah. I hope I never start doing that. Because yes, it feels easier, but it will get worse and worse and worse. Because that's the kind of... the the 
where we are we've always been in that kind of situation because with work commitments where I'm not at home for family dinner time and I mm-hmm. suppose neither is my husband ever he works much later than I do so I've always made separate meals for the kids so it's not actually like whatever they eat they eat it's kind of like it doesn't matter what I'm gonna eat you know kind of way it does yeah. and, and I suppose that is probably a thing as well like we we don't tend to eat family dinners together so it's not seen as a communal thing or there's no kind of mimicking happening because yeah. they're not kind of getting their cues from us. It's such a challenge. And I guess either it's just not available to you now and that's just not something you can do or you can kind of go, how could I make it happen in a in a way? Mm. Like, for example, if you were to just say like slow cooker meals and put something in the night before and take it out especially if they yeah. like strong taste and you sit down and you have a small portion with them you know so the three of you are together mm-hmm. like it, it's trying to see if there is a compromise and it doesn't have to be every day okay and some of the time and if there isn't that's fine you know um and that's just not available to you and you have to be realistic um but they they do they can eat better if they see everyone eating okay especially if because your youngest does love to eat mm. so if all four of you are around the meal you know around the dinner table eating and enjoying and it's all positive they will kind of they will go oh this isn't so scary and they, the the fear will reduce for yeah. them and they'll be more willing to try because I think you have to remember as well like when they're trying new stuff like again my husband doesn't get it but like when my son he's not a fan of broccoli <laughs> like your daughter is and like the other day he put it into his mouth and he chewed it and spat it out. That was huge progress. I was about to say, I was like, that's really good that he even tried it. Yeah. Exactly. So he went from not touching it to playing with it to kind of picking it up and kind of sniffing it and then, put, you know, kind of rubbing it against his lips and then finally put it in his mouth. Now he spat it out and said, yuck, but it, that is, you know, he just needs to taste it somewhere between 10 to 16 times and mm-hmm. he will kind of go actually... It's all of the vegetables is one of the really nice ones. Yeah. So, you know, they you kind of there it's I guess it's so hard you see, because again, when you apply the textbook stuff to real life, you know, your husband works late, you know, it's a struggle with two kids it is, you get back in, there's probably an hour and a half, an hour before bedtime. Mm. You need to get them fed, you need think and then you need to feed yourself and look after yourself. So it is it's it's trying to find that compromise and what suits your family and but I think what a lot of people need to be reminded is you don't have to do it every day. Okay, so yeah. even if weekends, you could aim for a weekend. Yeah, two, or two if, if there weekend. was a day you worked at home or, you know, there 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 is compromises within there. Or if there's, you know, on a Sunday, if you could make put something into the slow cooker and then have it so that it's just a case of heating it up. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these things. And we're at the stage now that he's not eating slow cooker meals and he'll only eat plain food. So I have around between getting them in the door so I have between like maybe a quarter past 20 past five and then like 10 to six sort of time to make something and mm. get us all sitting mm. around the dinner so it is it's hot it's hard I'm mm. not saying it's easy but I guess it's kind of even in that case if someone was similar to me and had that l- l- small window you're kind of like okay what can you do within that window you know mm-hmm. and where the like I use nearly predominantly frozen veg now Mm-hmm. I don't have time to prep them mm-hmm. you know if I have to heat them up that you know so it's frozen veg it's but there's nothing wrong with frozen no, veg like there still has all the nutrition, nutrition. exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just as nutritious as the fresh so 
but I have to kind of just park that and go, no, you know, and it dramatically changed our weekly shop and stuff. And so there's, I have loads of meals now that actually I'm like, okay, that takes 10 minutes max mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. do. And that's the sort of stuff. Like I even buy the fresh pasta because it's like three minutes to heat up. So, or yeah. two minutes. So oh, that's a good tip. Actually. Yeah, there's yeah. loads tip. of those. <laughs> there's loads of those and things. it's nicer yeah. than the pasta. It's so lovely. <laughs> and like my picky eater, like he'll eat and it's so expensive but he will eat crab like so if I I know <laughs> I'm so embarrassing saying but it's because it barely has a taste you know yeah. and like if I put a bit of creme fraiche in there and you know whatever else and lemon juice and I'm not gonna lie I cook it in white wine <laughs> um, but there is certain things that I'm like that takes me five minutes it's there's nutrition in there he yeah. will eat it but now that you've said that I'm like mm, crab why didn't I think of that yeah, um, yeah I kind of want to make that like for myself like, today <laughs> But myself and Miriam were talking about this before. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see where you stand on it. Like with my daughter, especially, um, she loves sweet things. And mm. if I only gave her pastries and she also loves butter, like she'd eat butter with a spoon, which mm. is so disgusting. <laughs> if I gave her like a pat of butter and an almond croissant and, you know, a Kinder Bueno egg or whatever they're called, what are they, Kinder Surprise eggs, like that would be the perfect meal for her and she would be licking her fingers like I know she enjoys certain things and certain flavors but then is that still a control thing or is it just sugar is just no they a they, demon? they definitely like what they like you know so my son again if I had spaghetti bolognese he'll eat the pasta mm-hmm. um my daughter will remove the she actually removes the pasta and flings it she's 11 months old <laughs> flings it behind her back so it sticks to the wall and everything and oh. then just she's all about the meat um so she's like what is this pasta stuff yeah. in the way filler I know the filler and so they are they 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 do have different tastes and that's okay and just remember that any nutrition is better than no nutrition so I think people give them awful themselves awful hard times I like my son had um hand foot and mouth for the second time oh and God. like you know anyone who's gone through that that's lethal like all the ulcers all over their mouth and stuff and they can't eat and I remember seeing this dietitian on Instagram and she was like so I've whizzed up a banana in a blender and you know I'm offering that and I'm making yogurt ice pops and stuff and there I am looking over and I'm like more sprinkles dear you know well I cut him ice cream and like just put sprinkles on because I'm like any nutrition is better than no nutrition Mm -hmm. so we we can't we give ourselves such a hard time over these things but like yeah I would much rather him eat three bowls of ice cream a day than absolutely nothing at all. So we, you know, you, you just, you, I think we have to be much more realistic. And when we, when we look at it, really, if you ask yourself, I want my son and daughter to have a lovely relationship with food, enjoy eating, mm. uh, respect food. And, um, but I, I would love them to eat in a healthy way mm-hmm. forever. And not at this one meal on a Mm -hmm. Tuesday where I'm stressed and I just wish they'd bloody eat it. Not that one meal. That one meal doesn't matter. Or that weekend where they have a baby chino and a croissant and like six euro and like half of it goes down their front. (laughs) But like it's not that one isolated meal. You have to think of the big picture. You are trying to develop this skill, this relationship and nurture it Mm. so that they become healthy eaters forever. Mm -hmm. Not just that one meal or that one two week period. And that actually is kind of 
brings it really nicely into my next question, which was, you know, intuitive eating is something that we're all kind of learning about more um, and moving away from, I suppose, diet culture, which has definitely personally impacted my own relationship with food from teen years onwards. Um, and I, I definitely still have disordered approaches to food and eating based on kind of old hangups of like carbs are bad and this is bad, you know, so yeah. and trying to filter them out. At what point, you know, do you kind of have to think or, or or how important is it when you're teaching your children about food and if you have a picky eater, like when will they kind of start to get a good relationship with food? Well, they're born with it. Okay. So don't worry about that. We don't, we don't have to teach them too much. We just have to nurture that relationship and not allow diet culture into our house. Mm-hmm. And we need to check ourselves because you would be, re- you would be a giant weirdo if you, didn't have disordered eating habits within your day-to-day because diet culture has infested all our homes. Mm. Like, it has found its way in. You know, it's... You just need to keep checking yourself, which sounds like you're doing, and you're doing a great job of that, and take a step back and go, okay, what's the language I'm using that's just... It's not acceptable, Mm. you know? Um, And, you know, (laughs) like, what am I doing? How am I eating? What am I not eating around my kids? Yeah. Do you know, like, if the whole family are having a 99 and you're not, why? Because your yeah. child is looking at you and go, mommy's not having a 99. You know, f- fair enough if you really don't like them or whatever. <laughs> but, like, you, you just need to watch all of that. And you have to look at all the products you buy and just throw them out. Like, because low-fat dairy, I'm sorry, no, absolutely not. Uh, you know low calorie anything mm-hmm. you know low sugar like they've just replaced it anyway but generally speaking they are manky tasting sweeteners <laughs> they're not nice most of them um you know so just look at your presses look at your fridges and go like what diet culture has actually infested our <laughs> presses and our mm. fridges and you need to recognize all that and you just need to bring real food back in and talk about food and go god isn't that yummy isn't yeah. that so that and they started looking at and, and realizing what's special about the food. Like I got mandarins the other day and I was like, they're so juicy. And like they, he just went on and on. Juicy. They're so Aww. juicy. And my 11 month old was squeezing them and they're going everywhere. And like they just need to experience food, mm-hmm. I guess. And if they're kind of going, oh, the marshmallows, my baby Chino. And they're like, yummy. You're, yeah, they are yummy. Mm. So recognize that and go, aren't they yummy? And and you just need to treat as best you can all foods equally Mm -hmm. and that can be hard and that's something that we have to unlearn and then relearn for a lot of us and I I actually have to admit something now so when I was potty training (laughs) which was like the worst five days of my life I thought I was going to like I really was so hard and I got to the point that I started going I have to bribe him now with food and I'd never bribed him with food I'm so anti that I'm i because I'm a dietitian, because I work with eating disorders and stuff, I am. That is just one area that I was really good at not doing mm-hmm. until this potty training, and I was like <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> but what my friend Kira said, she was like, "Wow, you've just done such a good job of making sure that he doesn't see food as good or bad that he, you can't bribe your child." Because I couldn't bribe him. He oh, was it like, "Didn't work. Didn't work. Oh, oh that's amazing." <laughs> he was just like, "Oh." why is mum like offering me food you know to pee in the body I'm not hungry you know like so I had it was actually really good to see that but it was frustrating because I was like now what will I do yeah um, what, what did you do so out of interest should you not even use the word treats 
because I am I no, I run I, on treats. I, I don't I, use treats I don't as my mind way, that. Everything. But ask yourself if your child if you offered your child a treat, would they instinctively think food? Yeah. Okay. So then you have to re you have to recategorize. Okay. So you have to think. Okay. Well, what else is a treat to them? And start calling that a treat as well. Okay. You see, the problem with people demonize comfort eating, right? But like comfort eating, we're taught that from birth. Like breastfeeding, that's comfort do you know yeah. bottle feeding that's comfort it's sweet it's in your mummy or someone you loves arms it's cozy you can hear heartbeats it's the most gorgeous imagine being cuddled up in someone's arms mm. at their breast you know having a <laughs> bottle or <laughs> sucking on their boob like it's a very comforting thought and like it's so comforting so there's nothing wrong with comfort eating we've been doing it since the beginning of time it's the only issue arises really if it's the, our only tool to comfort ourselves okay okay so if you're looking at your child and how they're eating and you're going okay is it is a treat always food it means that a reward is always food yeah mm. or it's comfort okay. always food is um if they're tired and you want them to have more energy do you know um which <laughs> does happen not all kids are you know full of energy like am i showing them that it they have to get that through food. So it's it's when food is their only tool in the box. So instead, like, yes, my child thinks a treat or a surprise, it can be food. Mm-hmm. But they also might think it's going on an adventure, um, which is a very broad term for going to the park. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I use the supermarket as an adventure. I'm like, the trolley, it's an adventure. My son is so cute. And I know I sound like an obnoxious mother, but he's so damn cute that every time he goes to the supermarkets, he gets given something free by somebody. Oh. Yeah. But in the tail or anything. Why? He's never come out of the supermarket without charming something for free. He's like, I'm, I'm telling you, he's that cute. <laughs> But he's not always that cute. But he can be. <laughs> um, he, he can turn on the charm. But for him, then it's kind of a treat. Can be a new book, or it can be a new toy, or it could be, you know, me and him go to, you know, Tesco while he fleeces him. You know, it. it so it's if a treat is always food, then mm-hmm. you're like, okay, now I need to pair back and I need to okay. readjust that. Okay. Done. Noted. <laughs> but it doesn't have to work as well every time. You know. So. Um, Food will food will always be a treat. It will always be a reward. It will always be a re- energizer. It'll always be a comfort mm. comforter. But it's just that you need other tools there. So and don't expect even as adults like it's you know having a bath and lighting a candle and all the other things that might comfort us. That's not going to comfort us every time. So don't yeah. expect yeah. it to comfort a child every time as well. So be adaptable, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. And look at it practically. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's all such good advice because we give each we give ourselves such a hard time. I think um mothers these days when we've got a lot of resources left, right and centre, um that we're just like, oh, we kinda even though we know we, we can't be perfect, we sort of have this ingrained thing that, okay, well I have all of these lovely recipes available. I should really make them and that's all I should make. I shouldn't be doing the frozen veg or the microwave salmon, which I do a lot mm-hmm. and microwave mashed potato. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> microwave mashed potato is godsend. <laughs> it, like, isn't it though? It really but is. But I have this guilt about it being like, oh my God, I should actually be mashing this up myself and I should be putting the salmon in like buying a fresh from the fishmonger and all of this kind of thing. Um, but we don't have to do that. We have to give ourselves a break. And we have to realize that, um, you know, we we don't have to. It's 
you're still going to be a good parent if you do the frozen veg and you're even if like my son now he occasionally likes peas I was telling everyone oh my my um, Fionn loves peas and then of course I put them in front of him and he threw them all off the table one by one but yesterday I gave him this like you know frozen medley of vegetables and all he ate was the peas but I was like oh my god yay he's eating the peas mm, yeah. and picking the mashed potato <laughs> as well you're also like you make no sense and they don't yeah. they're such little weirdos and a wonderful fort just remember when it comes to a meal you're hoping for a bit of carbohydrate mm-hmm. a bit of protein or dairy and then a bit of color a bit of fruit or veg mm-hmm. and depending that's the kind of just as simple menu, as the that. recipe exactly mm-hmm. and we give ourselves our like it doesn't have to be hot either Okay, it's not Mm. less of a dinner if it's cold, Um, you know, and that's something that, you know, would make a lot of parents like if they're short in time, like what's wrong with crackers, cheese and fruit or whatever, you know. And remember, though, if you eat, if you offer them one veg, they'll eat a little bit. Mm -hmm. But if you offer them three, they'll eat more veg in total. Okay. so instead of going, okay, here's a load of peas, go, okay here's a little bit of carrot a little bit of cauliflower and a little bit of broccoli just say mm-hmm. then they're inclined to eat more veg in that meal than if there was loads of one thing okay okay so again by the medley of frozen veg in other words um yeah you know because they are inclined then to eat more veg overall um when it comes to portions just be realistic because it, when it comes to the new food safety authority of ireland guidelines for one to five year olds and if you haven't seen it look it up um the the aim really is if they're two, you want them to eat two portions of fruit or veg a day. If they're three, three portions. If they're four, four portions. Five, five. It doesn't matter if they eat more than that, of course. Mm. But, you know, unless it's they're solely surviving on that and then not getting enough nutrients from other things. But, you know, I think people have these big expectations for them and just go, OK, just what I do is buy the frozen medley, offer it and different ones each time, offer it dinner time. And they're getting a variety of different veg on at least one serving or one meal a day. And there's a little bit of color at the other ones. Yeah. So it's just getting them used to seeing color. You trying not to react whether they eat or don't um, offer a variety and just just keep on doing it. It's a huge Mm -hmm. amount of food waste, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, And that is crushing for parents. Mm -hmm. But don't spend too much time on it either. Like. I think people overdo it. They have these fancy recipes and they're like, oh, I did them, you know, butternut squash pancakes with blah, 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 blah. And you could spend a lot of, like I do those things sometimes, but like most of the time it's like potato, meat and veg. That's know? so refreshing to hear because I've, I've got the like the wean and 15 cookbook. Mm-hmm. I bought it and I was so determined I was going to make all these delicious meals for the kids. And then anything that I even tried to make for Isabel she just w- wouldn't eat it and then yeah. you just think to yourself like why am I bothering it's you know so and it's ridiculous so it is um, it's so disheartening and yeah. when I saw that cookbook I was like 15 minutes so basically each meal takes you 15 minutes to make and it actually doesn't it doesn't it especially because you have to go to the shop every time to get a new ingredient <laughs> yeah. but also like 15 minutes is a long time for a meal I'm mm. sorry okay but no one has 15 minutes to prepare each meal or let alone one meal probably no. So like time is money, you know. Yeah. So I no, I was very. I don't know about you guys, but my first one, I was full of that nonsense food, you know, where everything was a creation. And then my second yeah. child, who eats much better, I was like, okay, we're sitting down to lunch. Here's a bit of bread. Here's a bit of my cheese, and here's a tomato. And I just gave it to her. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, let's see if she can 
you know, eat that. So she eats, she, she's never had fancy anything. And do you do baby lad weaning? Um, do, I do you did. Do my, I, my son was, is a very needy character. He'd hug me all day. Well, he'd, he much prefers his father, actually. But if, if, <laughs> if his dad <laughs> wasn't around, he would hug me all day. <laughs> Um, he was a feed me sort of one, um, um, but my daughter is very independent, has been, so there wasn't a hope. She accepts being fed sometimes, but really she's a baby led. And it was much quicker and much easier. And because I wasn't nervous, mm-hmm. I was able to do it and I was able to do it mad easily. So like her first, I, I never gave her baby food. So I was like, she wants some white porridge, like straight off the bat. Wow. Or like, I just adjusted the tomatoes. I just cut out the inside core. I just gave them to her and she'd suck in those. And she was, she was absolutely brilliant. She was fantastic. See, I'm a very nervous. That's the other thing. I have such a choking nervousness that I, have you done a first aid course? No. So that's, I'll plug my sister here. Yeah. Uh, Baseline uh, for, what is her? Hands on health. Hands on health. That's it. (laughs) And Sarah Kearns. So she does first aid, and I'm sure plenty of other people, you don't have to go to my sister, but um, plenty of people do first aid courses. And I was like that with my son. I was so anxious. He also had this floppy voice box thing where he had the coolest, deepest laugh, um, but it also meant he was prone to a bit of choking. So again, you... I was so anxious mm. and loads of people are and it's terrifying it is terrifying yeah. <laughs> the old gag the thought of it, like yeah. the thought of it oh, can bring you out in hives yeah. yeah like and to the point now that my daughter when she gags I don't think twice but when he did I nearly fainted myself so I I would encourage every mom and dad to do a first aid because if you're not scared of a choke and they probably mm. will never choke mm-hmm. and they'll just gag but if you're not as frightened of it, if you feel empowered and you're like, well, even if worst case scenario, they do choke, I know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. You that know? is so true. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't I don't have any of the skills and I just try and avoid it. And it is interesting because I wonder, was that nervousness and hesitation on my part to introduce things? Like I was even having um, coffee with a friend of mine, like when my Isabel was very small. She was probably only about eight months, no, about nine, ten months old. And she, her son was even younger than Isabel and she was giving him pieces like slices of pepper that she had like cooked pre-cooked so a soft floppy pepper and I was like oh my god like are you actually giving him she was like of course I am she's grand and I just it blew my mind and it kind of made me think like oh Jesus I'm really not doing what I'm supposed to be doing because I was like yogurt like anything soft and like you know basically that she didn't have to chew mm-hmm. I was fine with but that anything that required a bit of chewing yeah. I was like petrified I, I was when the they same. don't have teeth I, yeah, no, I was the same with my first, like I was so nervous mm. and I was, I was going the extra mile, like on the old puree for far too long. So then he was, he was slow to take off because I was slow to take off mm. and it can have an impact on speech and all sorts of things. Um, but my daughter until last two weeks ago only had two teeth. Um, she's nearly a year and she had these two bottom teeth and that oh, was it. Cute. But she was able for ribeye. Stop. <laughs> I swear to God, yeah. And lamb chops are her favourite and she sucks on the bone. She picks oh up the God. bone and she's like... <laughs> and so they don't need teeth. Well, so and their gums really, really hard anyway. Yeah. Have you ever been bitten by one of them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have. It's so, so <laughs> sore. So it one of the important things with weaning is moving through the stages as fast as you... Not as fast as you can, but like at an appropriate speed. Like nearly, it feels much faster than you're comfortable with because if you keep them on puree for long then they'll they might be like no we don't like anything with lumps and then you're you know mm. it's, so try and move through maybe a happy medium for lots of people is somewhere in between you know the old school way of doing it and the new school way 
you know, because neither of them are preferable. So you do a yeah. bit of puree and you do a bit of baby lead. That's what I did. Um, I mean, I had no training or anything. I just kind of, I, I don't even know how I even thought of it because I am not a food person. I like eating it, but I don't like preparing it. Mm. But what I did was for Fionn's very first food, puree up broccoli and then I put it like a, uh, what do you call them? Floret? No. Yeah. Stock? I don't know. Yeah. Um, with it, so he could pick it up and like lick it or whatever, which he oh, did. Oh, and like associate the taste of the puree with the actual yeah. piece of Yeah, food. that's what and I did. That's and then... That, that was brilliant approach. Yeah. And I think as a parent, just remember to follow your instinct. Like we're born, like I, I keep on saying parents, but like, you know, if there are, you know, as mothers, we are born with this instinct. Like we, we have it within us. And if we're calm, we can, we can, we can go by and, and feel and hear our instinct. If, if we're nervous, then we can't. And I was nervous with my son. So I don't think I could even, I could even tap into my mother in an instinct with him because I was so over the top about it and aiming for perfection. But it's exactly that. You're mm-hmm. like, I don't know why I did it, but I did it. Mm. Yeah. So I remember with my daughter for her weaning experiences with the dinner, she was just given the vegetables for week one. So whatever vegetables we were having. Mm. So she was like, we were having broccoli. She got broccoli. And no puree at all. No. Okay. But that's only because from instinct, I felt she was able. Yeah. I never would have done that with my son. Okay. Yeah. I would have. I think I did what you did, which was puree and the handheld. Yeah. That's like combination baby led and pure just but while we're on the subject of like the first foods you know that this phrase uh, food before one is just for fun mm, yeah. is that true no unfortunately not <laughs> because it's thrown around a lot it is and there is loads of elements of truth in it mm-hmm. but it's just oversimplifying because if you do that they'll end up anemic <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so their requirements from for some nutrients are super high as, as from six months up to one year and then from after so they like need loads of per kilogram body weight. They need loads of iron and loads of zinc and loads of calcium and loads of vitamin D. So it's not quite true. Uh, the one hard one to get into them is the the iron in particular. I was mm. obsessed with the iron thing. Like it, it actually. I mean, I was obsessed with so many things in this in the yeah. first it's year. It's not in formula Fionn's though. Life. It's formula not fortified. Yeah, so it is. Your like I was feeding. breastfeeding. Yeah, like he didn't enough. have any formula. Yeah. So I was kind of obsessed with this iron thing, being like, "Oh my god, he needs iron. He needs iron." And then when he wouldn't eat it, um, I'd be like, "Where, where can I get the iron from?" Fortified <laughs> breakfast cereal, and then you calm down about it because <laughs> if they're getting fortified <laughs> breakfast cereal, they're getting a heap of iron in the morning, and you okay. can just calm like. You just need these little things that are like, okay, that's a band-aid over the anxiety with the iron. Mm. Okay. So if they're getting formula, great, it's in there. If they're getting fortified breakfast cereal in your breastfeeding, it's in there. So okay. once you know that, you're like, <laughs> okay, I can calm down now. Because it is like because really with every meal from six months to a year, you're trying to include iron. So you're trying to include energy food, like carbs, you're trying to include an iron food and then you're trying to include color so you're trying to do that every meal you know from six to 12 months and that's kind of how you put together each and every meal but like you know realistically like just find a band-aid for, for your stressing about it and they, if they love Weetabix if they love Red, Reddy Breck or whatever yeah. then that's perfect get well, that Fionn used to eat actually he still does will eat the Weetabix just on its own like it's a Oh yeah, a biscuit, Crack, a biscuit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shreddies came so out with dry. <laughs> <laughs> Shreddies came out with this 
uh, low sugar version recently and my son loves it and he'll eat the dry bits and you're just like that's so gross <laughs> and then he'll drink his milk on the side you're like that's so weird I mean <laughs> if it works <laughs> that's, so, the, that's it isn't it like if it works it works and just mm, like go with it that's the thing because our foundation I feel breakfast is the easiest meal of the day yeah because they're hungriest yeah I know I sometimes feel oh, like yeah. giving them their dinner I know because they're hungriest they're you know they're not wrecked yeah do you know their dinner at the last meal of the day you're just like they're so tired mm. they just need bed even if they don't feel they need bed I know mm-hmm. you know so know. it is it's the time to really capitalize on so that's why you know for I, I encourage parents to really do capitalize on breakfast because the first two meals in particular and then they become less interested with food as the day goes on and like if so sorry do you mean capitalize on it as in try as many new things as possible or just like ensure that they get a good meal into them both okay you know offer them you can offer them something new like even if it's a different fruit like okay. with the with the veg, I feel like the variety is much easier if you opt in for the frozen versions. When it comes to fruit, you know, a fruit bowl, nice and full each week. But also, like, do get the frozen fruits. Yeah, we and, do frozen yeah. You know, and Yeah, and yeah. tinned is fine as well. Do you know, like, even the baby led weaning stuff, you know, the tin mandarins were desperate handy because, you know, in their juices because the skin isn't you know they're not as mm. chokeable mm. oh yeah Do you know so oh, that's something i never thought of but it just means that and if you go with the fresh fruit at least you're going for in season as well mm-hmm. because the reason why the reason why i just say they'll always eat those oat bars yeah mm. they all survive in these oat bars yeah is that they taste the same every single time but every single time they have a blueberry the blueberry will taste different okay. yeah because it's a fresh food so They'll eat stuff that is continuously the same thing. So if you buy, just say, there's a lot of frozen veg that is picked in season. So it will taste nearly similar every single time you give it. So there's less variation. Same with the tinned, it can be less variation as well. With the fresh, it's going to taste different each time and the texture is going to be different each time um, and and the smell will be different each time. So there's lots of variables. So if you find like, oh, he's he used to love strawberries and now he won't eat them or he doesn't eat them today it's because they're tasting different you know and Fionn was so into raspberries in summer like he just Mm. ate them all up I was Mm. so delighted because you know he was getting the the goodness from the raspberries and then you know I continued to buy them when they're obviously off season and he's just like why don't you like these anymore and he's just like slammed them on the floor so that they burst open (laughs) which is probably more fun than eating them to be honest but But (laughs) it's because let's face it they don't taste half as nice out of season you yeah. know do you, everyone oh looks God. forward to the first uh, Irish strawberry oh God, for a reason strawberries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely I can't wait for that day and so just buy in season so things are nicer you know and buy in season because they're local and they haven't flown halfway across the world and not only is that more sustainable but they're they're nicer yeah so oh God, that's why chips. I buy in season fruit and veg not just for sustainability, but because they're going to be nicer and they're going to be like, because if they have one bad experience with some manky strawberry, what are, that's game over for strawberries for quite some time until they yeah. forget about it or are willing to give it another go. So it's less, it's risky business, you know, buying the out of season stuff. And then with regards to meat, so my thing is I actually don't eat meat anymore. I used to, um, and I eat fish, but I even find myself kind of recently I'm kind of moving away from fish. So I am really conscious of eating like a lot of 
beans and pulses and vegetables and you know obviously everything else you know chocolate sweets whatever crisps but um when I'm cooking for my husband and the kids I won't eat the meat if it's like a a roast or whatever or if say my husband's probably laughing going when's the last time you cooked roast but um (laughs) you know or even like with pasta you know if there's like a pasta sauce or something and like there's meat added to it whatever I won't have that like how important is it for your kids to be eating meat like do you kind of limit maybe red meat once or twice a week or what's your no and make sure I get it in okay but I'm not coming at from the same moral view or whatever that you're coming from it because I'm comfortable with that yeah um but I will make sure that none none of the meat is ever wasted because I feel like if an animal's dying for me to eat it then Mm. that that bit will be eaten and all of it that's the thing like I don't have a problem with them eating it yes it's, this is my choice but then yeah so like to make sure they're getting in enough iron no they're i definitely make sure it's on the agenda um a few times a week definitely um and then oily fish once a week and then white fish or shellfish once a week um because it's so hard to meet the requirements of zinc and iron and stuff like that so the idea of pulling foods out of their diet and making it even harder for me i just i couldn't hack that but plus because we we eat everything um, it can be harder in some ways, I suppose, if they're seeing, they'll either, they might notice you're not eating it and that might affect things, but it's not guaranteed to. Mm-hmm. So if if it does, there, you know, there might be ways and means about it. And it's hard to explain to a three-year-old, mommy's not eating this because of whatever, you know. So it can be, um, it can, it just add a, another challenge into it, I guess. Um, but no, like, just remember, our protein requirements increase from the day we're born to the day we die. So their protein requirements are so tiny as babies and toddlers and little children. And it's really easy to meet their protein requirements. You know, a tiny bit of meat or, a t- you know, even with the beans, peas and lentils and everything. So, but it's harder to meet yours per meal, you know. Um, so in ter- terms of protein, don't be concerned about that. Um, you know, with with supplements you can they're only really supposed to be getting vitamin d um each day but if it just makes the parent more comfortable to give them a multivit that's as you know age appropriate then i'm like for that and not against it i would say when they're on a vegetarian diet when they're little um their fiber requirements are much lower than you think um and like they might need only 10 to 15 grams of fiber a day and there's so much fiber in beans, peas and lentils and so much fiber in a healthy vegetarian diet, mm-hmm. uh, which you actually have to, um, you know, because there's a less healthy <laughs> vegetarian diet as well. But in a healthy vegetarian diet, there's so much fiber. So just be careful as well that, that their t- little tummies are able for it and they're not getting diarrhea and stuff from it or pains and stuff, mm-hmm. but also that they're not filling up on it and, you know, that they end up eating too little because of it choice so I read somewhere that it's a good idea when you have a picky eater to offer a choice of two things and let them decide how do you feel about that because it doesn't really work for us like I'll offer two things and she'll say a third thing (laughs) yeah so it it, the thing is is that the worst thing we can do is just assume that the textbook and reality are going to just match up so it will work with some kids to go, which do you want, an apple or a banana? And they go, banana, and then they're more inclined to eat the banana. In the same way we started doing with my son, which has worked wonderfully because he loves praise. 
Like he loves praise mm-hmm. more than the average person. Mm-hmm. Like put it that way. And <laughs> which we, is why he's going around Tesco trying to charm everyone. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he loves being told he's so handsome and his hair is gorgeous and all this. <laughs> um, but he's. I've started getting him involved in the dinner prep. And now he's like, I made dinner, you know, and like we all have to thank him with everybody. Oh, thank you, Jacob. That's beautiful. He's like, no problem, mummy. Um, and he's like, it's delicious. So he loves praise even from himself. But that really <laughs> helps. And so with each child, you just kind of have to go, would that work? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, with my son, he can't be. You can't negotiate him with him and you can't tell him what to do ever. So this is why potty training was so hard. So he he has to decide and I just have to steer him. Mm-hmm. And like now with other children, you give them a choice and it works beautifully. And what some other children would be like, why do I have to help with dinner and would hate that? And like, mm-hmm. don't actually like helping at all. But this, this is what it comes down to. Like, it's personality. It is. You know, yeah. it's not one fits all. Every yeah. single time. And the biggest thing that the biggest wins for us with the fuzzy eating challenge and we are getting there like he ate I know it won't sound much to you know kids parents whose kids eat everything but he ate breaded cod the other day and I was like yes <laughs> you know now it wasn't homemade breaded cod it was definitely you know bought and he ate it and he was like it's lovely I love fish and I was like okay <laughs> um but for him, the biggest thing was eating together as a family and then him getting involved in the dinner prep. Okay. But every child is different. And I'm sure now my daughter is eating wonderfully at the moment. But like I said, he, he changed overnight. So I, I expect that mm-hmm. um, from and she may not. She may continue. But in terms of the choice thing, that may or may not work depending on the child. Like okay. they're just and and they change. They just they're they're born with the personalities. Mm-hmm. Like I think any parent would be like they were that person since birth. Yeah. And you know their their personality type was apparent as as a newborn as a baby and it's still apparent now that's who they are mm-hmm. and you can't you can't change that so you just have to accept it and work around it and parent around it makes yeah. me so excited for the teenage years <laughs> I know yeah. having a teenage daughter is going to be amazing <laughs> oh especially mine like she is formidable she's just she's i like she like most people are scared of her. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm scared of her, but I definitely respect her and keep my distance. <laughs> but she's she's from get go. She is very strong character. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, do you know, I mean, we probably don't have really have time to talk about it, but it is going to maybe we'll talk about it another day with the, the teenage issues with around um, food, because yeah. that's a tricky time, especially really for tricky. girls. When, when, when it's about turning 14, I'll be like, Oila. I know. <laughs> yeah. you call me I'm, in I'm, when I'm, it's relevant I want to, to your life. Something. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, listen, Orla, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having um, me. It was so insightful and yeah. I got lots of tips. Me and too. hopefully now when I try to implement them, it won't be. Um, in vain yeah but um, if people want to get more tips from you or find out more information where can they contact you well um, they can find me on Instagram Orla Walsh Nutrition um, or Feed Your Pal is my kind of kids nutrition one to separate it from people who don't have kids or don't want them or whatever um, and don't want to be hearing about kids stuff <laughs> um, and then um, my website Orla Walsh Nutrition just brings you to contact details to make an appointment in terms of for my clinic and stuff okay brilliant brilliant well listen thank you so much again oh thank and, you um, onwards and upwards with the food and the eating yeah